0: Danny what's up man how you doing
1: pretty good how are you
0: doing good I'm just trying to get this audio set real quick are you laying on the floor in the bathroom (laughs) what's going on there
1: (laughs) there's uh some wooden panels behind me
0: oh I see that that's an awesome background I wish I had something cool like that man I gotta up my game um hey good morning
1: thinks I'm laying on the bathroom floor
0: well that's what it looked like I I, I have a bad angle but it it definitely looks like that it's actually hilarious um (laughs) (laughs) so what's what's going on down there in uh texas man that's where that's where you are right
1: yeah uh austin i just moved here about eight months ago um just really heard great things about the city um been in philadelphia or the suburbs of philadelphia for my whole life and was ready to see something new and just heard great things about philadelphia or uh austin and decided to give it a shot it's been great so far
0: yeah, nobody you don't know, a lot of people don't hear too many great things about Philadelphia, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. It's laughs> no, always gonna be home. No what did you say? Nobody what?
1: I said it'll always be home. Oh it'll always be home. Philadelphia will so, always be home. It'll always have that going for it.
0: That is true. Um Danny, tell us a little bit about like nobody knows who you are yet. I mean a lot of people know who you are, but on this podcast they may not know what's going on. So give me give us a quick introduction, like who you are, how old you are, and um, you know, just how how we know each other, maybe. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I'm 29 years old. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Happer worsham That's where we met. Um, you were my teacher for grad project, and you were also a phys ed teacher, right?
0: Yeah, I get I get moved around a lot. It's funny, like yeah, my whole that. life has changed since you left high school. I do completely different things now. But um, that is correct. I I was trying to remember where I taught you. I thought it was probably grad project, and uh, I did teach phys ed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, grad project, and then I also saw you around. I know you were involved with a lot of the sports teams and stuff like that. Always grew up uh, an athlete. i probably played every sport there is for at least a season, but uh, wrestling and football were my main things. I uh, just always loved to move, play, have fun. That was pretty much my whole life uh, up until college. Went to college for kinesiology at Temple University. Okay. I had a great time there. Love that. And then uh, once I graduated, became a personal trainer, a uh, group fitness instructor, to be a little bit more precise. I also did some one on one personal training on the side.
0: Dan, just bear with me, Danny. Just one thing. Um, I forgot to hit the screen record button, but it's fine. I'm here. Dan Adels. Is it Adelsberger or Adelsberg? Adelsberger. That's right. I knew it was I knew it was ER. So Dan, you're just talking about, you know, you're coming from Philadelphia, moved to Austin, Texas, um, just getting started here. But you were talking about Temple University and kinesiology. and If you could just pick up there, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. So I went to Temple University uh, for kinesiology, loved it, had a great experience, um, and then pretty much became a personal trainer right from there, a uh, group fitness instructor. Um, mostly at Orange Theory. I was been with orange theory for about six years. Um most people have probably heard of it. They do a little bit of uh strength, a little bit of conditioning. Yeah. Um
0: I used to get I used to get some I used to get some splat points there. I know I know <laughs> what's going on.
1: you know the splat points,
0: <laughs> you know. Dude, hold on. Anyone who's watching right now, if you're if you're looking at you and you're talking about orange theory, if they have not dedicated you as the full-time um spokesperson or mascot for orange theory i I don't know what it's a golden opportunity i mean seriously like you are you know you're in shape you're 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 orange like you have art you know what i'm saying like you've thought of this right they've had to have Uh, mentioned this it has to be a big thing there right
1: you're not the first person to mention it but yeah yeah um i love orange theory i think it has a great uh a purpose for a lot of people out there now i'm starting to build my own thing on the side um just launched a website where I'm going to teach the average person how to strength train. I literally just launched it about a week ago, so starting at ground zero and going to build from here.
0: Cool. What's the uh, address? How do people check it out if if you want to give it out just yet?
1: Sure. It's uh, www.mastering-movement.com.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Um, yeah, it's up live, ready to go. I'm also going to be uh, posting on social media, just giving out a bunch of free tips and tricks there on social media. It's mastering movement on social media as well.
0: When you say social media, are we talking Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, or which ones do you use mostly or do you plan to use?
1: For now, mostly Instagram, um, which I'll also post to Facebook through Instagram. Uh, But eventually I do hope to build and cover some other platforms, uh, YouTube, maybe Twitter. Got to go to TikTok. I've never really uh, been a TikToker myself, but I think it's an awesome tool to reach
0: people. Yeah, it's I mean, it's funny, because you're kind of, um, you know, it seems like you're just starting out this journey for you. And and to see sort of where it goes, I'm sure you'll be wildly successful. Um, But I guess for me, you know, I've been messing around with social media since before, you know, social media was even around. And honestly, like, you would think, oh, you must be really good at it. No, I'm not. Um, I'm just recently kind of like starting to figure things out. Um, my brother-in-law works for this company down in Florida. Um, it's called mass inbound and they focus like primarily on, I don't know, like helping businesses, uh, promote themselves and they use all these platforms and social media. So it might be something to look into. One of the things he told me about was, um, there are many programs out there like this, but one of them is called the one that he recommended was social pilot. And what that does is it allows you to sort of like. Um, schedule your posts and also like distribute them across multiple platforms and from what he said like and I trust him because he does he does really well and he definitely knows what he's talking about it seemed like you know it's really good to have content on YouTube but to like use all the other platforms to almost like bring in subscribers and like channel people um, there so I, I don't know I mean that's it, it seems to be as I started distributing like videos and stuff for what I do over TikTok and Instagram, it gets a little wild like how it works. Cause like sometimes I'll put a YouTube video up and it gets like 50 views and then I'll put it on TikTok and it gets 6,000. So yeah. it's, it's, it, the algorithms are, are strange. The time that you post is strange. The content that you choose to put up is, I don't know, man. So good luck. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I think like, I'm not giving out advice at all, but I'm just thinking, like, I think that, you know, with whatever you do, if you have, like, that passion behind it, which you seem to have that, and we'll obviously talk about that today, but just keep grinding, keep putting it out there, and, like, I know I was, when I first started, I started putting stuff out, and I'm like, oh, nobody's watching, my mom's not even watching, and it's still true, but eventually you get that one sort of thing that makes you feel like oh okay it is working like the algorithm takes time um so don't i guess you, you didn't ask for advice and we just started but like <laughs> i would i would just say like you know don't don't be discouraged early on because um you know it, it it can take a little bit sometimes you gotta you gotta build it up do you agree with that or what do you what do you like ha- what stage do you think you're at right now
1: Absolutely. Uh, ground zero. So, you know, uh, I haven't made a single sale yet. I just launched last week. Um, I will take all the advice you can give. I know, you know, you've been messing around with this stuff for a while now. I think you've been doing great at it uh, from what I've seen. Um, I, my girlfriend, Becca, I moved down here of uh, my girlfriend, Becca. Oh, cool. Uh, she went to college for marketing and she's currently a, a fitness instructor as well as does some marketing for her company. Awesome. Um, so she's really good with social media and I, she's been doing a lot of it with, for me, she's been helping me with the video editing, when to post, how to post, how to keep people engaged, stuff like that, which I know nothing about. Like I, I'm just fitness. That's it. That's all I want to do. Yeah. I would, you know, eventually I want her to do all that stuff if she wants to. And, you know, she's been great with all that stuff. So I definitely, you know, need to lean on others around me to help me when it comes to like the social media, the marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um in the beginning here, yeah, I'm not expecting anything big. I just you know, you just gotta get started. I think like a lot of people, you know, you think like there's like an overnight celebrity, not that I wanna become a celebrity or anything like that, but you know, it's not overnight. Usually you're seeing twenty years of hard work come to come to fruition. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to just get started.
0: What um like when you go back to I don't know going back to high school. What was there a moment or um, obviously you were into sports and stuff. But was there was there a time where you're like, man, I want to be, you know, a fitness instructor. I want to be a, a coach or or when did you sort of make that? Because obviously you went to Temple and I'm assuming that you started with that kinesiology degree. But like when did you decide like, oh, that is my thing?
1: Uh, um, well i always wanted to be a professional athlete. And I think that was first, like growing up, that was the thing I, it changed a little bit. Like I wanted to be uh first, I wanted to be a professional wide receiver in the NFL. Then it was running back. Then it was, <laughs> let's see how far I can take the wrestling career. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't talented enough. I, maybe I could have been if I put in more time and effort, but I didn't. And that's okay. Uh, you know, I wanted to do other things in life too. Um, So I was like, how can I stay as close to a professional athlete as possible? So, and I love playing, moving. I love working out myself. So I'm like, let's, let's do fitness. I also considered the, uh, a physical therapy track. Yeah. Um, and I originally went, uh, decided to go to kinesiology to pursue physical therapy. Um, I was doing a bunch of shadowing physical therapists in college and, uh, I just didn't really like the the rehab part of it. I wanted to deal with more of a healthy population, um, more of fitness rather than therapy. Um, so that's kind of how that all came to be. I never, you know, I do right now, I just started jiu jitsu. So I think I'll always have a sport that I play, you know. Uh, yeah. Going to coach people in, in a gym environment, that's, that's fun for me, you know, so. I guess as close as I can get to the professional athlete scene right now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things you just said that I want to mention. First of all, my kids did jiu-jitsu when they were younger, and my one son, Robert, referred to it as spin and jitsu and he really thought that's what it was called, so I, I do refer to it in my head as spin jiu Um I think that's amazing. I, I love, you know, I love jiu-jitsu. I think it's such a cool thing, and I love how it's become, like, more popular in the U.S., and it's a great way to stay in shape, and um, you know, build confidence and just all that stuff. I I do want to go back to something you said because you you mentioned um, you know you want to be a running back, you want to be a wide receiver. Check the wrestling thing, see how that far that goes. And then you said, um, you know, I didn't maybe I could have been. I I didn't work as hard as I could have or put as much time in, but that's okay. Now that that statement right there is, you know, how old are you now? Twenty nine. You said. Yes. All right, so, like, 11 years, whatever, after high school-ish, um, do you still feel like that's okay? Like, and I'm, I'm not, like, implying that, oh, man, you really should have put the time in, but, like, the reason I ask is because I have a son right now who's just finishing up his freshman year as a wrestler, and he puts a moderate amount of time in. Um, he has a lot of potential, but, I, you know, like, so I'm basically almost looking at you as him. Like maybe you, you put time in, but not as much as you could have. Are there regrets down the road, or is it like you said that's okay because you did all these other things? What are your, Break that down for me and tell me like how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I think it came because I had varied interests. Um, I feel if you want to become, you know, the top one percent of anything, a professional athlete, uh, you have to be obsessed and dedicated 24 seven to that one thing. Yeah. Uh, which for me, was always football. I started playing football since I was four or five. Uh, and I kept going till uh, freshman year of high school because I found wrestling and I fell in love with wrestling. Um, started wrestling in middle school and, uh, I was just naturally better at it. I loved football. Uh, I was just naturally better at wrestling and, I fell in love with that sport and it's pretty hard to be a great wrestler and great football player. Yeah. I remember I used to have to bulk up for football season and, <laughs> and cut then, then drop
0: 30 pounds in, a, in a, two weeks. Yeah.
1: So it was like almost conflicting goals there. Um, and then uh, I stopped playing football for a couple of years, sophomore and junior year, and just really focused on wrestling. And I was doing wrestling year round, even when we were out of season. For the school, I was doing club teams and uh, stuff like that. So uh, maybe if I had freshman year stuck with football and just did all the weight training, did all the speed training with Barry Widener and the world, and uh, yeah. dedicated my time off to just football and improving that that game, maybe I could have done it. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have gone like D one in college, but maybe I could have kept kept working at it and improving in college you hear of athletes all the time that you know they walked on to a d3 school and ended up in the nfl so you know it's not not like i it would have been impossible for me but i had other interests and i mostly started focus on wrestling and uh other areas of life
0: how did you uh do as a wrestler in high school
1: uh average i uh was varsity all four years i think it's pretty rare to be Varsity as a freshman, uh, I didn't have much competition. I wrestled 103 pounds. Yeah. Uh, as a freshman, graduated. I was about 155 pounds uh, as a senior, uh, but I was pretty average. I think I had like freshman year, I was like uh, about even win loss ratio. Sophomore year got a little better. By the time I was a senior, I would consider myself pretty good. I was the captain, but I didn't win states or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I was a I was an average wrestler.
0: That's awesome. I, I, it's my, it's my become, eh, pretty much my favorite sport at this point. Um, I love it. Cause, I mean, I, my, all my kids do it, and they've just learned so much from it. And yeah, I just think it's awesome. I support, you know, at the school that I teach at, where you went, Happer Horsham. I support their wrestling program, where my son wrestles Central Bucks South. I love supporting their program. It's just, I mean. It it develops a different breed of person. Like you the the training in my opinion, and if you have the right mentors and if you have the right you know, the sport does a lot on its own, but if you have, you know, at least decent coaches and people that understand the sport, I, I feel like I, I don't think you can get that prepared for life anywhere else in, in a school system. Um, just it's not I don't even think it's close to be i mean i know there's other sports and i only i only played football and i i feel that that prepared me mentally and stuff but when i i did not wrestle in high school but when i when i compare what i did which I, I think was hard to what you know wrestlers go through i don't think it's i don't think it's the same and i and i give anyone who wrestles um wins losses don't care so much credit getting out on the mat in front of your school or tournament and and you know getting looking up at the lights of a getting embarrassed I mean deal and then having to shake the hands and all that stuff and then also coming back maybe the next match and getting a win by a point or or a pin like it's such a great roller coaster ride of emotions it seems just like life and and I feel like the hardships that you face as a young person in wrestling um and people have told me this this comment before really good wrestlers they said um once you wrestle the rest of life is easy so what do you think about that statement? <laughs> it's a big statement, but
1: I agree. And I've I've probably said everything you said a uh, 100 times to other people. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dan Gable's quote, uh, once you've wrestled in life, everything else in life is easy. Uh it's definitely true. I mean, I uh football was tough. It was a very tough workout. It's there's so many grueling parts to football as well. I do think wrestling is almost just a little bit more uh intense and um due to the, the cutting the weight part of it, um, the, you're the only one out there, you know, it's not, you're not on a team. You can't hide really. It's just you and that other person. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, one of the reasons that I am who I am. I mean, I would not be where I am without wrestling for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I uh, I think I can usually tell, um, I think wrestlers are just different people. Uh, you know, when you meet them and you shake their hand or you, you you get to know them a little bit, they just come off as more confident and they're used to dealing with shortcomings and and uh, you know being pinned down and and having to get back right back up. So it's just such a it's a metaphor, but it's also it's also real. You also really did it hundreds of times. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of people you'll be going up against that maybe can talk the talk or whatever. But did they did they go through that? Did they? you know, have they actually felt that type of physical like adversity and stuff? So I I just think it gives you a leg up. Um, Not to say people can't gain strengths and gain edges from other areas of life, but I I always think that that's like – I think you're in a good position if if you wrestled in high school and and even beyond. So good for you, man.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I think any sport uh, can really do that for you, Um, any sport. And there's, you know, it doesn't have to just be sport or physical – Uh, There are a lot of, you know, character building hobbies and activities in life, of course. But I don't know. For me, like, there's nothing like fighting for your life. And it's like the same thing with jujitsu. Um, You know, it's obviously in a controlled setting. You're not actually going to die. But uh, it's about as close to that real-life scenario as you can get. And uh, there's just something that that does to you in the rest of your life. when When you're just out on the street with your friends, you realize, you know, stuff's not that bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. it's
1: is almost dying.
0: No, it's, yeah, getting choked out and tapping and all that stuff. Um,
1: yeah, but do you mind if I pause for just a second? No, go ahead, Sorry. Him, man. I got a puppy here, and he's getting into something he shouldn't.
0: Uh-oh. No, we should definitely. So as Stan goes away to deal with his puppy, um, I just want to take a moment to say, if you don't already um, subscribe to the podcast or follow, you should on Apple Spotify, which is where I do most of my work, and also on YouTube. Um, also a shout out to Wags uh, Rescue in Horsham, and since we're talking about pets, and also Dogtown, which was a former guest of mine on the podcast, Jen, the owner of Dogtown in Chalfont. So, you know, if you have a puppy, man, you got to take care of them. They They get into stuff, but you know, once you train them right, like Danny's doing right now, you go take care of them, and, and they come back. He comes back, and then everything's fine until he gets into the next thing.
1: Yeah. I got a puppy, Parker. He's about a year and a half, so he's still still bad sometimes, but we're getting there.
0: Yeah, there's no bad pets, Dan. It's just bad owners. You know what I mean? <laughs> now it's – um. I wanted to ask you, like, when you went to Temple, um, so, you know, you're this fitness fitness guy. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you – try to, you eat a healthy diet. Did you like, did you go in, a lot of people go to college and like, woo, French fries and ice cream for breakfast party. Let's go. Like, how did you, did you see that life as exciting? And did you get into that lifestyle or did you kind of like, were you focused and like wanted to stay like, you know, Jack lane and and super healthy, like all through college? Like how how did you balance that and how did that work out?
1: I would say there was definitely a balance there. Um, I definitely partied more than I should have. That was probably my four naughtiest years of my life. (laughs) Um, And if I could go back, I would party way less. Um, I would go to class way more. I would have hit the gym way more. I would have gotten involved in more extracurricular activities. So there's one thing you were like, you know, going back, would you do it differently to be a professional athlete? I kind of liked what I did uh, growing up. College, I would, I would go back. I'd probably do that a little differently. Uh, I would definitely yeah. hit the books harder. Uh, I think I did pretty well with my health in college. Uh, in fact, in college was where I really started, uh, focusing on weight training and just fitness in general, as I was going to class for exercise science, I was kind of applying that and kind of experimenting on my own body. Um, even in the cafeteria, I would eat, there was healthy options. Um, I remember you could get like a a chicken breast, a banana, a salad, and, you know, I could eat, I could eat pretty healthy if I had the discipline to do it. So I I did actually eat pretty healthy in college, uh, beer excluded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I had a pretty good balance in college, but again, it was, you know, my four naughtiest years. So if I could, if I could go back, I'd probably do something (laughs) a little different there. Yeah. Those
0: are my six naughtiest years. I, I did a little extended stay. I should have said
1: five.
0: <laughs> You're trying to show off a little, yeah, graduating <laughs> four years. Um, you know, wh- quick question about um, what is your what is your thought process and your theory, or maybe I'm saying it wrong, but college debt, how do you, do you have any, do you, um, how do you view that?
1: Yes, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> is it, was it worth it?
1: Um Yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Uh, you know what? Maybe I would. I, I say, I say it a lot. I, I should have gone to community college for a couple years. Um, I fresh, freshman year I went in undeclared. It was about halfway through freshman year that I declared uh, kinesiology. Yeah. Going into college uh, undecided. I, I probably should have stayed at home and gone to Montgomery County Community College. Yeah. Saved some money. Um, but I didn't really care at that time and I didn't know better. Yeah, um, I knew nothing about loans and interest rates no, no. and, uh, I knew nothing about that stuff. And I feel like, uh, my parents, uh, guidance counselors, teachers, they didn't really tell us otherwise. I didn't really, yeah. I felt like it was just the thing. You, you just go to college. You just go to a four year college, go with your friends, you know, it's yeah. just what everybody did. And it was just the next step for me. I feel like when I was in a uh, high school, um, like getting into a trade, or things like that weren't really... Or taking a, a year off. Yeah, um, gap year. Going right into the workforce. Things like that, I feel like, weren't as um, weren't as much of an option. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I put, like, it's funny because, you know, I teach a lot of juniors and seniors, and I I really, I almost feel... Actually, not almost. I do feel like they're looking at me like I'm putting them down sometimes because I, I stress to them, like, hey you really should look at Montgomery County Community College or any community college because especially if you don't really know what you want to do, and so many of them don't, and even if they say they do, they're going to change. Um, It's just there's no – you know, a lot of kids talk about the feel they get on these visits at colleges and like, oh, it's the perfect fit for me. Well, that's great, but, you know, there's a lot of – Switzerland's the perfect fit for me too when I go there, but it's not like I'm going to live there. Um, there's a, there's research out there that I've looked at that, that really where you go to college doesn't really translate into like your earning potential. Um, so it's like, if you could snag two years at, you know, 80% less than a larger university and get your associates or whatever, 60 credits, halfway there, whatever you want to call it. So it's a, it's a good deal. I mean, I I, I get it though. Dude, when you're 18, it's like, get me out of here. I'm gone. I got to yeah. live this. Le- so it's like, but you don't realize, like you said, nobody really teaches you. You don't really understand it. It's a, it's an expensive thing to just, like, just to, like, snap your fingers, disappear in some dorm room, and it's fun, and, like, there's music, and there's parties, and there's this and that. It's awesome. And you don't think about that, but then after the fact, you think about it. So, like, I try to educate kids, but at the same time, like, it's hard for me because I don't really wish that, I did that. Like, I'm glad I went away. I had so much fun. I enjoyed every second of it. But when I went to school, it was significantly cheaper than it is now. So I don't know, man. It's it's a tricky, it's a tricky little thing. You know what I mean? Where did you go? Uh, Bloomsburg University, often referred to as the Ivy League of Central PA. Um, My but, older brother went there. Oh, really? Yeah. How old is he?
1: He's got to be. He's 12 years older than me. He's 40. Ooh, wow, yeah.
0: man, maybe I saw him up there because I'm 44 and Mark I was there for a while. What'd you say?
1: Mark Adelsberger.
0: Yeah, I don't remember a Mark. I mean, if he was a couple years older, I probably would have known him, but.
1: Maybe you walked past each other once.
0: Yeah, most likely. Um, what do you You have two brothers?
1: So I have an older half brother and older half sister. I consider them full. Uh, whole of them. And then, <laughs> uh, I have a younger. And younger brother and sister who are full brother and sister some kind of smack dab in the middle yeah
0: well, that's it that's an interesting place to be um so i'm trying to think of you and in your current like situation if i came to you like i don't know as, as one of your clients and how would you treat me like what are some of the things you need to know about me um how what what questions would you sort of like ask me to um help me get started and how could you help me
1: yeah, uh, before I even like got into fitness or anything like that, I would probably just chat with you, kind of just like we are now, um, just try to get to know you, who you are, what you like, what your hobbies are, and then I would probably start with what have you done for fitness in the past, um, kind of get a gauge of what you've done in the past, what your experience has been, and then I'd probably try to talk to you a little bit about what you're currently doing, what's working, what's not, and then kind of look toward the future what are you looking to achieve what are your goals um and it you know it all depends on somebody's goals uh you know if your goal was to get super strong i would give you a much different program than somebody who is uh just looking to just stay healthy and live as long as possible you know so uh just kind of delving in and asking questions and listening seeing what they need and then from there trying to figure out the the best game plan
0: how do you like? How do you think you're going to handle when you kind of subscri- um, prescribe like a, a plan for somebody, and they tell you that they're following it, but you know they're not because <laughs> you can see the results and stuff like that that usually don't lie. How do, how can you <laughs> psychologically, like, how do you think um, you will manage something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, if somebody says they're in a caloric deficit and there's no fat coming off. They're lying.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's a it's a hard conversation for sure. I mean, there's like an ego there that you gotta try to penetrate. It's it's yeah. a hard conversation, but uh, I think you gotta have it. I think you gotta you gotta be honest with them and tell them, you know, here's what the science says. Um, I just want you to be honest with me. I, you know, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help you out. I just want you to be open and honest with me so we can do what's best for you moving forward. I mean, it's a hard conversation and I don't think there's any right one way to have a a hard conversation with people. I think you just got to do it and work it out together as you, as you go along. So
0: do you plan on doing, um, a lot with nutrition or you, do you want to focus more on, um, I don't know, physical fitness, weight training, whatever, like what percentage of your business will you work with clients on nutrition? Do you think?
1: So, uh, right now, I'm kind of doing just like a little bit of everything with Orange Theory. Uh, I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. Um, When I'm launching my business here, the first thing I want to focus on is just strength training. I'm just teaching the average person how to strength train for now. Um, I also, on my website, have created some videos with general uh, health and fitness information and then also just a little bit of nutrition information. Again, I'm not a nutritionist, but uh, in my years of studying fitness and the human body, uh, you can't you can't learn about how the body works without learning about the fuel that goes into it. Uh, so I've learned a, a good amount uh, about nutrition, and I think sometime down the line I will probably get some sort of nutrition certification and stuff like that, and then uh, add a little bit more to that to the website. But I'm not necessarily writing up like meal plans for anybody right this second. Gotcha.
0: What Have you ever messed with counting macros?
1: Personally, I've played around with a little bit like MyFitnessPal, uh, stuff like that, but I hardly ever count my macros. I hardly ever count my calories either.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think that, um, it's funny. I, I won't get into it now, but I followed a program for several years online and, um, and so did my wife and we kind of just like had enough. So we, we hired these, um, Online fitness. I'm sorry, online nutritionist. and we were able to, you know, I, I guess like started five years ago. I mean, I lost thirty five pounds, and That's awesome. yeah, and it's been. I haven't. It's it's stayed off for five years because I, it, it changed like for me, and it it changed everything. Like it it changed all of my habits, um, and it was kind of weird and hard at first, but now it's like I don't even. I barely like do it. It's just kind of like intuitive um, eating at this point. but it it's it's crazy how you you have to go through like a journey. you have to go through like a process and and that was helpful for me. Um, it is amazing like you really y- you can't like you can't like eat good like oh, Monday to Thursday, and then like you know if you if you pick out like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, what's that like thirty seven percent? of the week, you know, of the week. And it's like, ah, it doesn't make sense. Oh, I love this. This is like, this is like live action here. Going to get the dog, I'm assuming. Let's get, Ah. Oh. oh, is that the remote?
1: Uh it's some press-on nails. They're not mine. <laughs>
0: prove it, prove it. Let's see your hands. Um, there it is. So, that's all right. What kind of dog you got over there, by the way?
1: Uh, He's like a mix of some sort of border collie hound.
0: Oh nice. Yeah, a lot he of energy exactly man. Exactly what he is. You better get him out running, dude. Those border collies are nuts.
1: He's high energy, constant, <laughs> constantly needs to be entertained.
0: Yeah, no, that's for sure. Hopefully you got a dog park down there somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, this um, is it's a very dog-friendly city. He's he's loving it down here.
0: Yeah, so whatever. I don't we don't need to get into macros and stuff. I was just telling you a little bit about my history, but I do want to know about Austin, man. Like when I Austin, Texas is this place that I've been hearing a lot about. I I I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I know, like, you know, Joe Rogan's moved down there, and that kind of started almost a movement and the comedy mothership, which is this his little spot or big spot. And um, I follow a bunch of just whatever. So I've learned a lot about Austin in the last like two years just by listening to comedians and stuff. And it seems like um, there's an influx of people, proven by your move there too. But like, tell me about like the whole process of moving to a new city. And like, I see it as when you move somewhere, like several States away, it's like a freedom. Like I can imagine, I don't know if you drove there or flew, but like the car ride, you're just like emotional and like heading to this new life. You would have no idea what's going to happen. You could be back in Pennsylvania in six months, but, or you could, you know, end up living there for the next 50 years. What What was that process like? And And tell me a little bit about it. And if you want to bring your dog in at any point, that's always welcome. Pets are always welcome on the podcast.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I might have to just like take the camera out there with me, take something from him every once in a while. But Oh, it's great. Um, so moving to Austin, um, you mentioned Joe Rogan. I am a fan. I do listen to his podcast. I listen to uh, Tim Ferriss. I think he lives down here, too. Uh, I listened to a Lex Friedman podcast. I think he lives down here too. So I just, you know, this is probably from me listening to all these podcasts. I'm like hearing all the great things about Austin and how awesome it is down here. And I was like, and not just from those podcasters that I follow, but from a a bunch of other sources. And uh, I was like, we were ready to try a new city. We had a few cities in mind. Uh, We had traveled to Santa Barbara a couple years ago and loved it. Um, Super expensive out there. Yeah. Uh, We thought about maybe Colorado or one of the Carolinas, so we were just thinking about trying a new place, and we were kind of just, I've been, I was Googling, you know, what are the best things about this city, what are the worst things about this city, and just kind of trying to weigh it out, and I think we just landed on Austin. My girlfriend had actually considered moving here before she moved to Philadelphia. Uh, She went to uh, college in Kentucky. She's from Kentucky. Wow. Wow. And she actually considered moving to Austin before she moved to Philadelphia, so it had always been on her radar as well um so yeah, with all that in mind, we were like, "Let's do it, see if we like it. You can always come back yeah, it's been great.
0: Did you drive from um Pennsylvania to Austin, or did you fly?
1: uh yeah, we drove um so we got a like shipping container basically to put all of our stuff in there and send it down um and then we drove our cars down there, and uh we made a few stops. Uh, we stopped at her her parents in Kentucky uh for a few days and then we stopped in Little Rock, Arkansas for a day, and then we finally made it to Austin from there. So we made it we kinda made it like a fun road trip on the yeah. way down because it took us about a week to get down there. So yeah, we drove.
0: That's was, exciting, uh, man. I, I really I've ever done. I love I love road trips and like um just like setting it's almost like you're in a boat. You just leave the harbor, you put the sail up and you just head into a new a new journey and that's it. It's exciting, man, especially when you get into your 40s, and it's like, you know, I love my life and stuff. I wouldn't change it, but I miss a lot of the impromptu adventures of, like, just pointing the car west and not really knowing where I'm headed and spending the summer in certain spots. Like, making a move like that, I mean, I don't know. Like, what kind of emotions do you go through, like, on the drive there and and, and sort of, like, when you when you get there? Is there fear? Is there anxiety? Like. Talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah, I think it was a whirlwind of emotions uh from the point to where we were talking about moving to a new city to now. I mean, it's been a whirlwind of emotions the whole time and it's kind of changed as you uh as you go through it. Like when we were first talking about moving, I was like a little on the fence, and then once we had like committed to it, I was nervous, I was excited when we were on the way driving down, I'd almost became like a little nostalgic and thinking about like my old life and like where my new life could go. It was a whirlwind of emotions for sure. Um, Some not always good emotions, but still definitely worth it. And uh, this is like the first time I've done something like this. I've always been a a pretty safe routine person. Um, So this is kind of like the first time I've really jumped out and made a, a big venture like this on my own. And I'm really happy I did it because I think it's so good for you.
0: Yeah, I think it is too. And I think like um, I talked to – I definitely talked to a lot of kids about like, you know, whether it's soon or in a couple of years or whatever, in the next 10 years, like get outside of your hometown. Like move away, experience life, and and, and that's cool that you're doing that. Um, what was it like – I'm going to kind of like hit the rewind button and, and go back into – kind of like growing up for you, it seemed like you had, I don't know, I don't know, it was a mixed family. You got stepbrothers, half-brother, sister, stuff like that. Um, You know, and you said, like, you kind of lived this routine life. Do you feel like, tell us a little bit about your childhood, what that was like growing up, and if you feel like, I don't know, were you, as part of your upbringing and stuff, were you raised to, like, take chances and and go and do stuff like you're doing, or do you think you were raised more to, like, kind of stay in a routine
1: i think i was probably more raised to stay in a routine um just kind of taught my parents they're great parents um they taught me about hard work and just trying to do my best and you know, i never really had the option when i was younger to travel and move around too much um i think one you know once i went to college i probably could have gone to a new city or something like that but my uh childhood growing up was pretty routine i just liked to play i just like to have fun that's really where it all comes from for me. Like if I could do one thing, like it would be play. Yeah. That's great. Whether it's sports, games, have fun with friends. Like that's, that's my favorite thing to do in life. And that's pretty much all my childhood was like up until, up until college.
0: (laughs) So like, let's talk about like elementary, middle school, when you got home from school, did you like head right out the door and like find a basketball court or just like run around with your neighbors or how did that, how did that work?
1: Yeah, uh, that, and I was playing sports, so I was playing organized uh, football, soccer, um, I played lacrosse for a season, I did track for a season, so I was always doing sports, um, so I think a lot of my play with friends came from that, but then also just around the neighborhood. Yeah, I was I was never really, like, sitting at home doing nothing, unless it, there were some friends there sitting yeah. there doing nothing with me and playing video games or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's literally all my childhood was. It was just trying to have fun. And sometimes, you know, I was a little bad because of it, a little rowdy, you know, I have a little too much fun for my own good. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how my childhood went. My parents were great parents. I think that they taught me so much, even though, uh, they had a lot of flaws in themselves, they always made sure that they kind of instilled the right values on me. Um, my parents divorced when I was 12, uh, but they're still very close. They still lived in the same town, and I saw them equally just yeah. as much. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My my parents also divorced, but uh, when I was, I think five. I don't even know when officially, like legally, they divorced, but I know like I was five when they basically got divorced. Um, what was that? What's that like? I mean, I could tell you all about my situation going through, but like when you're, you said you were twelve. What's it like to to be a kid and you know hear that for the first time and. Like it's a little bit like un- the unknown. Like how, how did you how did you handle that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it sucked in the moment to hear it, uh, but I kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was there living with them. I yeah. saw you know, the arguments, the unhappiness, so I knew it was coming. Uh, but it's definitely you know a sad thing. You know, everyone wishes their parents would stay together, but it was for the best. And you know, they're they're still great friends to this day. They're still great parents. They you know go to all the events together. That's awesome. Um, so, it wasn't that bad, and I think when you're, you know, when you're in, in the moment of it, and you're a hormonal teenager, it's yeah, the end of the world to you. But really, compared to the real hardships in life, that's nothing.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty common. I mean. Th- There's a lot of kids that I know of that kind of like split time and live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here, Thursday, Friday, Saturday there. Did you do something like that? Or were you, was it like pack up your bags for three days and then pack them up again for the next four? Did you do one of those routines?
1: I don't even remember exactly how it was split, but it was about 50-50. I think we ended up being with my mom just a little bit more often. But uh, my parents, they both lived in Horsham, so you know if I needed to just run over to the other house or something real quick. It was super easy. Uh, But I would have like some clothes at my dad's, some clothes at my mom, and I might bring some too. But again, it was, I was, you know, 10 minutes from my, my dad's house. So if I needed to run over there, it was no big deal.
0: Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's, I look at kids and, you know, as I, <clears throat> as I work with kids, it, it's like some of them just kind of have these lives that they would never even think of, of that type of situation that, so many other kids have. So it's, it's tricky, but like you said, I mean, you almost don't even remember doing it. It's not like it was some major like hurdle or something like that, that you had to overcome. Um, but speaking of that, going back to your childhood through high school, maybe even college, like would you say that there is one or two things that you could remember of, of where you were like, what would you say your biggest challenges that you had to face in life were so far? And, and, if you were able to overcome them or if you're or if you're still like working on that.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's Biggest a tricky challenges one. In life. Um
0: like did you ever, you know, were you ever faced with any sort of, I don't know, trauma or something that stopped you in your tracks and, and and you just had to deal with it's been hard to, you know, figure out. And and not everyone has that yet. Some people have a lot of it when they're young and some some don't. I'm just curious. There may not be yeah. one thing.
1: I don't really have much of a a trauma growing up, you know, I'm the child of divorce, but like I said, it didn't, it didn't affect me that much. Uh, My parents were still loving to me and loving toward each other, just not together. Um, You know, I've had girlfriends dump me. I've had kids bully me growing up. Um, You know, I was just small redhead growing up. That's probably (laughs) why I started uh, playing football and wrestling. Um, You know, I was always a small redhead kid and I felt like, you know, I used to get, pick last in elementary school or something like that. And that just kind of gave me the drive to improve myself and learn how to play football and wrestle and defend myself and stuff like that. And eventually build up into the person that I am now become stronger so that I can handle those traumatic experiences or the negative events that, that, that come and come my way.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: um yeah. Uh, I would also say that, um, self-discipline even though I consider myself a very self-disciplined person Uh, I'm a personal trainer I'm very healthy I work out all the time Uh, I save money I you know I consider myself a pretty disciplined person but at the same time I still have those temptations to drink or smoke or eat junk or you know all those temptations are still there so yeah that's that's definitely something that I still fight over every day and I'm a personal trainer you know we're all human and it's something that's hard is being self-disciplined and knowing what to do for yourself in the moment so that you can have a better future.
0: Yeah. that's awesome. Um, I know it is, it is hard. Like I have this rule at the school that I work at. It's like never, no matter what, ever, ever, ever eat anything that is ever there. Um, no matter what. And it's, I don't do it. It doesn't matter. It could be a Jolly Rancher. It could be a six-pack of donuts. Like, it does. there is... Old, dude, at a school, there's so much food. It's crazy Love how it. much food gets dumped. Like, oh, we had pizza last night. Here's this. Oh, it's yeah. a potluck lunch. Here, this party, that party. This. It, it's endless and...
1: And the fact that it's free. Yeah. That's
0: hard. It is hard. Um, so I actually wanted to go back a little bit, like, something you just said. I know when I was a kid and you know, it's hard to talk about sometimes, but it's also part of your journey. You know, I definitely, I didn't grow up super confident. And as a young kid, I I mean, I can remember specific instances when I got um, bullied or I I don't even know. I, I don't even know if you think of it as that as a kid. Like I'll tell you one time it was, we had this little courtyard outside of lunch. I was in sixth grade and this eighth grader came up to me and pushed me as hard as he could. And <laughs> One of his friends, whatever it was, like out of a, it's like out of a Netflix documentary on bullying. He was like, like table topping behind me, and I just went flying, and it was like, everyone was laughing, and I was like, that's humiliating. I mean, in that moment, I guess that kid probably did that all the time, but I still remember that dude. I'm 44. What was I? I don't know, 13 or something. Um, there's, there's a lot there. I could name quite a few of those moments where. Like yourself, I mean, that's when I I had enough. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, like, once I found football and I, once I found the weight room, really, I just went hard and like that was I was obsessed with that and I got f- strong and and throughout my high school years and the, and I don't even know if it mattered, but like I felt like you know, not that. I just felt strong, like people weren't going to mess with me anymore, in a sense. But, like, maybe maybe that was a good thing that that happened to me. So I guess I'm asking you, like, do you remember specific instances? Like, do they stick with you? Um, and it's hard because you have to be vulnerable and, like, it, whatever. But I'm just wondering if there's anything, like, in your childhood that sticks out like that. Because you said you were picked on, you're a redhead. I, you probably think I was a redhead because I have a red beard, but <laughs> I had, like, brownish hair or something when I had hair. But.
1: Yeah, um, I have a similar story, actually, and I have a bunch of stories like that. Like, I can think of one time, I was in middle school, one of the older kids, I guess he was on the baseball team, I'm not going to mention any names, of course, he was an older guy, he was huge, he was on the baseball team, and he, like, this (laughs) sounds like assault, but it wasn't that bad, he, like, tapped me on the head with his baseball bat, I was taking off my hoodie, and he, like, tapped me on the head with his baseball bat, and he was, That's like that's like punching somebody. And, you know, that's like enough to start a fight right there. But I was too small, young, and scared of him to stand for myself and do anything. So I kinda just stayed silent and cowered um and just walked away from it. That moment was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to start wrestling and start learning how to build my body up and learn how to fight and defend myself. And without moments like that, I wouldn't have hit the weight room. I wouldn't have trained uh wrestling and sports and learned how to become smarter smarter as well like uh not just physical but learning things like being smarter than somebody is almost better than being stronger than somebody yeah so those negative moments those traumatic moments if you use them right if you respond to them properly and do the work to fix that issue it's the most important parts of your life is almost like the negative parts of your life you know if you respond properly some people don't
0: no I, i know it's like You know, it's funny though, like you mentioned that kid, it's good not to mention names, but like we remember those experiences. Like I'll, I'll tell you another one um, that happened to me. I was in a woodshop class, probably in like ninth grade or something. And this kid made a bat and on a lathe. And I don't know what I was doing in there. I wasn't like, they threw me in there. I wasn't like some academic prowess or anything. Like I wasn't a high achiever. I stayed up till like two in the morning every night in high school and like was sleeping in high school. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just quiet and didn't care. And, um, anyway, this kid, he's like, I was like, ah, that's cool, man. Good job. And he's like, oh, I don't want it. I was like, oh, I'll have it, whatever. The next thing you know, like, I don't even know exactly what happened, but he wanted it back and him and this other, I mean, these kids were humongous and they were chasing me around. Like, it wasn't fun chasing. It was like, oh, and I don't even know why they were chasing me. Like, I kind of forget, like, I'm sure I gave the bat back to them. But the one dude whipped a, um, sanding block across the thing and hit me right in the mouth and it started bleeding. And it's like the point, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that. I'm just telling, like, I'm just vulnerable and able to tell these stories. But like the funny thing about that is that kid, um, who I thought he was actually on my bus growing up who I thought was like, and he wasn't like popular or whatever. He was just like this huge kid that people were kind of scared of and, on the bus in the morning, we would talk and, and whatever, like we were friends. But in that moment, you know, he did that thing. It must've been 15, maybe 20 years later, man, probably like 17. He reached out to me on Facebook, like out of nowhere. And I didn't talk to him since then. It was ninth grade. I don't even, and he, he's like, dude, I, I just wanted to apologize. I don't know if he's going to like therapy and his like therapist. Is like you got to find like all the people you bullied and like, I don't know but i was like he reached out to me and he's like dude I, that was so wrong i apologize and almost in my head i felt like did that even ever happen and i guess the point that i'm bringing that up is i bet you that kid that did that to you he knows he remembers that moment like they were i think they remember those things and um, you know it's it's fun to be able to not fun but it's interesting to be able to like sort of go back to those moments and see how far like you've come and grown and, and how did those moments shape you as a person. I mean, do you think that, you know, that situation or any other situations like helped you kind of like, I know you just talked about that kind of, but do you think they're important to have those situations? Cause there's a lot of kids like that don't go through that. You know what I mean? I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the the nicest moments in life is like for you and the bully that threw the sanding block at you is like, getting that off of both of your chests and having that moment. And then looking back at how far you've come, that's like one of the best moments in life. And would you have had that great moment, had that bad thing not happened to you? Um, Again, it's like how you, how you handle the terrible situation, how you handle the trauma and respond to it. That is going to determine the rest of your life. You have people that have something bad happen to them and then they turn to drug addiction You have people that have bad things that happen to them and then they hit the jujitsu studio, you know? Um, so it's all about how you respond to the things that happen to you. And I think, uh, you need to have some of that, um, some of that, those trials and tribulations. Um, there are a lot of, I feel like a lot of people, especially in today's society that don't get those challenges. Um, you know, I feel like bullying has changed for sure. And uh, I feel like you hear less of it. I don't know. You could probably tell me better uh, being in high school. Um, yeah, I think it's I more like, like online, social media, almost like more cobbled these days.
0: Yeah, it's it is different. Um, I think a lot of it goes online and you don't really see it as yeah. and that that's definitely happening. Um, it's funny. I, I recently read something from uh, it was actually on Twitter and it was some Navy SEAL saying and I don't know if you've heard of this or not. I, I like that stuff and I read a bunch of stuff, or whatever, David Goggins and all that. You've probably heard of him, but this was Love a little. Yeah, he's great, right? Um, but this one was they talked about um, something called full benefit. Do you ever hear that term?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Go ahead.
0: So here's what I remember. I should bring it up on my phone so I don't screw it up, but it's not my idea. It's something that the Navy SEALs came up with. Anytime that, like, basically anytime that adversity happens like in the field or in life like whatever you get a flat tire or you get into a minor car accident or whatever just something gets screwed up the navy seals are trained or at least this like platoon was trained to sort of say the term full benefit in other words let's take advantage of let's get like jacked up and like pumped up to like be happy that we have this adversity to like overcome and let's go like, it's going to make us stronger. So let's embrace it. And I shared that with some students at the end of the year, that was like kind of in this program that I sort of, you know, helped run here and they, they really liked that. And I think that I really like it too. It's been sticking with me. And I'm almost like, I'm not waiting for something bad to happen, but like it's in my mind for when it happens, like to change my mindset. Do you, yeah. Did you hear something about that, or?
1: Yeah, I forgot. I, it was on definitely like a, a podcast recently. We probably both listened to. Um, yeah, probably. The whole benefit, and then uh, you had uh, Jocko. He almost made like a spinoff of it. He made uh, a video. I, th- he, I think he called it "Good." Whereas, like, oh, this bad thing happened to you. Good, go do this instead. Oh, this bad thing happened to you. Good, go fix it. Go improve yourself. So, yeah, that mindset is. Just so important. I mean, how you respond to everything in life is like the quality of your life. Um Yeah. But I think those like cliche quotes, some stick and some don't. And it's so they're so good. I, I love stuff like that. Personal development quotes and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so do I. There's so many books that I, I, I try to read a couple <laughs> books a year and or even if they're audiobooks just to get new ideas in my head to help me. Me think and stuff like that, but definitely have gotten a lot from like David Goggins and and like you said, Jocko and and even listening to podcasts, it's fun. Um, what are the main differences between Pennsylvania and Texas? How long have you been down there now? Eight months. Okay. So in eight months, like what are what are the things that like the top three things that come to your head right away? Like even if they're small, like what are the differences?
1: I want to start by saying I don't want to diss my hometown. I love <laughs> Philadelphia, I love Horsham.
0: It's okay. Uh, don't worry about it.
1: Well, the weather's warmer these couple months. It's been uh, a little hot, but it hasn't been that bad. Uh, in like June, July, August, it'll get up to like a hundred degrees, but and I haven't found it to be that 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 troublesome. Okay, weather's warmer. The people are nicer. The people are just nicer. Everyone's nicer here. <laughs> like, yeah, I hardly run into people where I'm like, uh, they got to stick up their butt. Yeah, Maybe it's the warmer weather. Um, and then uh, it's like. I feel like Philadelphia is almost like a, a concrete jungle. I was living in Philadelphia for about ten years in the city before I moved to Austin. Yeah. It's almost like a concrete jungle, kinda like a New York City junior. Yeah. Here in sure. Austin, it's very nature oriented. I feel like there's more parks, more trees, more rivers, lakes, stuff like that to kind of get into. So
0: well, okay, here's the golden question. Um I'm gonna show you something really quickly and just you name it right away. I'm just going to show you a logo. Ready?
1: Oh, that's uh, the Wawa goose.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now, what I want to ask you is I've been hearing a lot about a place down there called Bucky's, which is a gas station. Um, What is is Bucky's, and what's the difference between Bucky's and Wawa?
1: I've been there once, and it was on my way in. Uh, So if you're first driving in here, you had to stop at Bucky's, and there's signs for it all over the highway. There's... I don't know how much they pay in advertising, but it's the only signs you see. <laughs> and uh, so we stopped in at one. It's I would say it's like a combination of Wawa, Walmart, <laughs> uh, REI. <laughs> it's like a combination of, of four different superstores in one. You can REI. almost get anything you need there. Gas station too, of course. Like sleeping bags,
0: get- like fishing tackle, a hoagie.
1: anything anything it's crazy and it's it's huge it's very impressive
0: that's awesome i hear a lot about it on this one podcast that i listen to um so okay you know we're running out of a little bit of time here kind of coming to the end i want to ask you did you have you ever had who are some of the like the best mentors and leaders that you've had in your life that have helped you i would say you could you could obviously mention your parents but i like to say sort of like outside of your um, nuclear family. Um, anyone that you've come across in life that has helped sort of mold you or shape you or, or things that they've said that, that you constantly go back to? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I, I, first of all, it started with uh, the nuclear family. Of course, I yeah. had great support system in my nuclear family and they were the ones that, you know, gave me all the interest, I think, to go play sports and go be a good person and go learn. Um, and then, After that, it was the sports. It was my coaches um, growing up playing peewee football. Shout out to Harold DeFazio. Oh, yeah. Uh, He was my coach uh, in peewee football for maybe 10 years. Taught me so much about not just, you know, making it through tough physical situations, but how to be a good person, how to be a leader, how to have good character. Um, He used to say, uh, football doesn't build character, it reveals it. Which I think you know is you know a little bit of both, but
0: wow, that's a great quote. I like that, and that's that's Dom's dad.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. okay. And then and Dom was also on my team for a while growing up.
0: He's a great guy. Then, I, I love Dom.
1: I love Dom. He's yeah. still a good friend. And then um, into the wrestling world, um, I had some great middle school coaches, but high school coaches were where uh, I really learned a lot from Glenn Kaiser, uh, Kirk Holt. Um, Nick Pompey, they were all so instrumental in my development and, uh, they all had like different roles. Like Glenn was the the head coach. He was almost like the, the politician, the leader. Yeah. And, uh, Mr. Holt, he was the, the technician. He was the, the, the best wrestler out of the three. Yep. Um, he was like a state champion or something like that. And took, uh,
0: he took fourth just for the record, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, and just, Nick I didn't Pomp- want to, I didn't <laughs> want any false advertising out there. He's very, yeah. very good.
1: And, uh, so he was like the technician. He, he probably knew the most about wrestling and, you know, taught, you all the moves, you know, and then Pompey, he is the, he was like the fitness nutrition guy. He's still a great wrestler, of course, too, but, uh, he was the one that really like led like the, the, the workouts and then the nutrition side of things. Uh, so those guys were huge. And then I would say after that, it was, um, my bosses in life, um, during college, I worked for a a kitchen and home remodeler. It was a small husband and wife owned business. And I just learned so much about the business world through them. Um, and then I must say you, I, not just to blow smoke up your, you know what, but, uh, you know, I sent you a message on Facebook maybe a year ago or something like that. And just thank you for being who you are. And the kind of person you are was incredible. And it's not because like you taught me so much in class. It was just, more how you treated your students, how you talk to people. You never really you were always calm, kind, respectful. You know, you are so much better, bigger than your students in so many ways, but you talk to them like they are your peers and that feels really good. And I think that's more important than, you know, whatever knowledge you may bring in the classroom. It's just how to act as a as a good human being. And I didn't send that message to a bunch of teachers i think you're probably the only one i sent that to
0: and we only that. maybe
1: had one class together i think I, I i saw you around you know maybe in like the phys ed setting and you know the sports setting i would see you around but i, I feel like we didn't have too many classes together no. you made that much of an impact on me in such a short amount of time so thank you damn
0: thanks man i really appreciate that man that means a lot and um yeah, that that's and I think we
1: have a lot of similar interests, which is also cool, but I'm biased on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, that that is a what you said there is is kind of like what I I don't know, I try to be, but you never know. It's always nice to like talk to someone like you and say, Oh, actually someone noticed. But, you know, just like I don't when I look back, I don't remember all I remember about teachers or mentors is who they were as a person and how they treated me. I don't remember any specific thing they ever taught me, any content. Um, right. And, you know, just the vibe that you got from someone and the feel. And, like, you know, you wanted to be around somebody or you wanted to talk to them or you you trusted them or you, you kind of wanted to model them. And that's kind of who I always wanted to be as a role yeah. model. It's, it's tricky, though, because there's a lot of different styles. You know what I mean? Some people will be like, oh, well, you're too... know, you're to this or you're to that, but it's like, eh, I'm I'm just myself. And I and I think that's important to have your own um personality and individuality and stuff. And and it it seems like you have that as well and and you're on track to, you know, do some great things. You're a young dude, you're you're in this big town, not as big as Philadelphia, but cooler than Philadelphia. And um, you know, you, you 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 respect where you know sort of like where you came from and the people that helped you get there. And and I think that's awesome to give all of those shout outs to those folks. And it's so funny that you said that about those three wrestlers. Cause that like that description that should have been in like your, your wrestling program, the politician, yeah. the tactician, and the fitness guru. That's so like exactly what they are. It's so great.
1: important. You need all those roles, you know,
0: I know you, you, if you have three tacticians and it's like, all right, well, stuff's not going to get done and yeah, no, that's cool. Um, A great team. Yeah. So I, you know, I want to thank you again, Danny for coming on here today and uh spending some time with me, digging into your life a little bit. And you know, I'm excited for your future. One more time, could you tell people how to check you out or if they are interested in getting a hold of you, what you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I'm Danny Adelsberger on all social media, A D E L S B E R G E R. Um, I just started a company called Mastering Movement. Um, we're trying to teach the average person how to strength train. That's where we're gonna start. I think I'll, you know, go into some cardio and some nutrition later, but for now it's strength training. Um, You could check out the website, mastering-movement.com.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it, Danny. Um, You know, also, if... You are listening to this podcast now. It'd be awesome if you could subscribe to it, follow, like, all those things, leave a comment. Um, I appreciate anyone who listens to this podcast. It's been growing over the last year. Um, Danny, you're my 54th episode, which is cool. I do one per week. Um, Last week, marked you know, my 53rd one, which was one episode after the first year. I'm probably totally screwing that up the way I'm saying it. But anyway, I've been doing it for a year and two weeks now. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And anyone listening and yourself included, um, I love to get um, you know, if you can share or think about anyone else who is a leader or mentor that you come across, maybe even not this year, but in the future, send them my way, because I really just like to, um, get to know people and and see what they're, what they're all about and, and what they've learned along the way, because I think we can all sort of grow and learn from that. So thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. Um, you can, you can tend to your dog now and get up off of the bathroom floor. And um, (laughs) go stretch your legs a little bit.
1: Thanks, Jim. Good talking to
0: you. Dude, I appreciate it. Good luck, man. All the best down there. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, you know where to find me. Thanks so much. All right, man. Stay in touch.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.
0: See you, Danny.